Hola y bienvenidos. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the Brazos Point living room. We're glad you're listening and the three amigos are back together. Randy Dane, Michelle Masterson and Joseph Castillo. Gloria del Dios. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're glad you're listening. So this week we're actually kicking off a brand new message series called, what is it called, Randy? It is called, uh, first comes love, then comes... <laughs> <laughs> then comes whatever's next. Fill in the blank. blank. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's a, it's a message series, which I'm excited about. And uh, it's all based on really God's response to us, right? Yeah, that's right. Looking at God's love and then taking that as the framework for how we do married love. Yeah, awesome. Well, as we jump in, my first question for us is... Thinking about first comes love, then comes blank or whatever, uh, is just this idea of expectations. So, what is something that you got your hopes up for, not marriage related, but what's something you got your hopes up for in life, but reality didn't quite meet expectations? Maybe you're a little disappointed. Um, so, I've been a bridesmaid a few times before, and one time... How many times? Uh, 11, I think. Whoa. Um, maybe 12. Whoa. I don't know. I'd have to sit here and That's think about it. <laughs> Everybody loves Michelle. <laughs> did you have all of them in your wedding? Um, most of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did. She did. She did. There were rows of them, like literal seated rows of them. She was also a bridesmaid in our wedding. Mm. <laughs> yes. But that was just because I couldn't make her a groomsman. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Um, but one time I ordered a bridesmaid dress online and this was before I really had much experience ordering things online and we had just been given instructions like order a navy dress and um, it looked real cute online <laughs> and then it came in and it was just a mess like it looked like I had sewn it and <laughs> like I can't sew and so I took it to it was when I was living here so I took it to a lady in town that everybody recommended and um, even she was like I'll see what I can do. <laughs> she was not hopeful. She said, did you, so. did you sell this Michelle? Let me tell you about an online order I had recently that met my expectations and maybe even exceeded them. Oh. It was a uh, $3 Amazon purchase. Like, I think it was two ninety seven, And it was a, a scoop for your, your rain gutters. And it looked like someone 3D printed it at their house. <laughs> what? Yeah, it was a it was, scoop. Yeah, you had to scoop out your rain gutters. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, like you to get clean up them out and you clean yeah, yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, it was the best two ninety seven I've ever spent well, on it Amazon. Makes it different than any other scoop. Well, like what other kind of scoop are you thinking of? Like an ice scoop? Yeah. Oh, it wasn't that nice. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, but it was way longer. Two ninety seven, Michelle. It was shaped. It was, it was okay. shaped for a rain gutter, That's so what it was I mean. narrow. Like what makes it a it rain gutter? It was narrow scoop. but long. Okay. And I mean, I went to, to town. So you could get a lot of material. <laughs> yeah. In one scoop. Exceeded my low expectations. Two ninety seven. Wow. What can you get these days for two ninety seven? I didn't even know you could get that. Yeah, man. <laughs> Amazon Prime. I would have said nothing. Uh, I think mine too are also unmet expectations are all shopping related because that's the nature of it. I remember in the season of COVID where everyone was home and online shopping was just like on fire, right? <clears throat> And just being hit with ads for every single thing that was like, well, this is for your kids, or this is this fun thing to do. And I don't, 
can't tell you how many times packages showed up to our house that were like, oh my gosh, we just got scammed. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I'll give you one guess what my unmet expectations are about. Food. Food. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, you know, the, the meal that you remember from the past and you get back to that restaurant and then it just isn't what you remembered it to be. That hurts. Oh, it hurts. It hurts. Or the, then you tell people you bring them with you. Yeah, or the, yeah that hurts especially. <laughs> the whole time you're like, it's usually good. <laughs> it's, not, it's not usually Or like the this. meal that you've been told about by someone else and they've got, mm. you know, set this really high bar and then mm. you get there and you go, oh. Am I going to have to pay this bill? <laughs> <laughs> you should say what we've been calling ourselves now, besides the three amigos. Oh, i got to tell the joke. Yeah, you got to tell the joke. Uh, what do you call... I don't remember the joke. What do you call <laughs> friends, friends who, who eat you together? Like to, who all like to eat? Yeah, what do, you, what do you call three friends who all like to eat? Basically us. Taste buds. <laughs> Taste buds. Taste buds. That's good. Uh well, r- just another thought. What was something that did meet your expectations? Like something was a high bar. Somebody said, you've got to try, but it actually did. Oh, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to your food. Um, Mine actually is about Ashley, too. Uh, <laughs> I, for some reason, was resistant to the Harry Potter series, and she kept telling me I needed to read it and that I would like it, and I finally did, and she was right. Mm. Mm. That's right. So now I always listen to her. <laughs> Randy, too. What do you got? Huh? Something that did meet expectations... I don't know. I think when someone builds something up, I'm just a natural, like, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to have to be insane. You really got to be careful on how you build stuff up with uh-huh. Yeah. David King's the same way. If, if I want, I'm like, oh, it's, yeah. it's mediocre. Yeah, you got to say things uh, Honestly, like, well, we, okay. we just had barbecue a couple days ago. Oh, man, that met yes, my expectations. Did. And God, all I could hear before. That was the best brisket. Where was, was it from? Catered. It was called Hutchins in Dallas. Hutchins in Dallas. And it was catered to thousands. And it was still... That Knock was your what socks was off! Crazy. Yeah, that yeah. met my expectations. That met my expectations too. And I'd had it before, <laughs> and it was just as good as I remembered it. So yeah, that's a good one. Like same day you had it before? <laughs> no, <laughs> a different time <laughs> on a different Dallas trip. I'd had Hutchins. It was just as good as I remembered it. Oh well, uh, the reason we're talking about unmet expectations, or just the idea of expectations, is because that's kind of the the premise of your first message, right, Randy? First comes love, then comes expectations. Expectations. Yeah. And the truth is, man, we have we have more than we know, right? We've mm-hmm. got big ones and small ones. We've got known ones and unknown ones. We've got daily ones and we got big picture ones. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of expectations that we have. And when you think about it in terms of not just the things that we expect, but also our opinions, our preferences, our differences, uh, the reality is, like, as unique individuals, when you combine two flawed and sinful people into one marriage, man, it's just loaded and loaded and loaded with mm-hmm. all kinds of expectations. Yeah. Well, again, back to your, your point of the message and, and the series itself is we're you put two broken people together in in a marriage, it's inherently going to be selfish. It's gonna it's gonna have fractures and, and difficulties. But the the model for us is Jesus and His example to us. And so I just want to read in your message. You go through Ephesians two eight through ten. I just want to read it. <clears throat> the Apostle Paul writes: For by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. 
For we his, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which prepared beforehand, God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. And so, I just want to have a conversation. What does it look like if this is our model from Jesus of how we, what we receive, what does it look like to not only receive this type of love, but also to be givers of it? I think Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 is the go-to passage on understanding grace and works and and i think what it does so clearly and so beautifully like you said what does it look like to receive it i think it that's the perfect word because it makes it so clear that it's an undeserved unearned gift you know and so uh and we just receive it with uh, humble and grateful hearts um and and when you really begin to understand the love of god in christ man it really is transformative it is life-changing because you live with this sense of man i don't deserve this and yet uh, i get it fully right and so uh, i think what it looks like to receive it is is just humility and gratitude mm. and then what happens in our hearts is when we're so humbled by the love of god in christ it puts us in a posture where it becomes not natural but supernatural that we then extend that same love to others because when i've got a when i've got a right perspective on my relationship with god uh that then shapes my perspective on my relationship with others and that shapes my expectations when i know that i'm fully accepted in god because of christ uh, that then motivates me to accept others and love them unconditionally as best as I can. We're not going to get that perfect, uh, but I really do believe that people who love grace become givers of grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said, that doesn't mean that we're going to get that perfect. And I know when I read these verses, my thought is this is what I should be doing, and I do love grace, and so I want to be a giver of grace, but it doesn't necessarily come naturally. And so I find myself asking God to help me be gracious mm-hmm. in the same way that He has shown me grace mm-hmm. all the time. Well, and it's the it's the never-ending, ongoing spirit-flesh battle, right? Like, the spirit leads us to be givers of grace, and the flesh leads us to be uh, selfish people of retribution, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, like, it's not always going to win, but man, that's the, that's the trajectory of the life of a Christ follower, is that we're, we're growing to love grace more and more, and the more we love grace, the more that we see it transform us to become givers of grace. Mm. I think this verse is a good reminder for me of just, it's a good look in the mirror, like in life and in marriage, oftentimes they're just like, okay, like I need to give more grace. I need to give more. How much grace do you need? <laughs> you know? And then this verse reminds me of like, oh, look in the mirror. Like, oh, yeah, like I'm the biggest. <laughs> Unending. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm the receiver. Like I've received more grace yep. than I've given in any scenario. Well, and it reminds me of Jesus' conversation with the disciples. And, and Peter asks, man, how many times should I forgive? Seven times. And Jesus says, no, not seven times, but 77 times. And it's this reality that when we're loving like God, not only am I a 77 times forgiver, but I also have the benefit of being on the other side of someone that's 77 times forgiving me, mm-hmm. you know, and that's this, it's this mutuality of giving and receiving grace. And I think we have to posture our hearts in, in terms of both when it comes to this marriage relationships, right? I want to be a giver of grace, but I also want to learn how to be a good receiver of grace, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, Randy, one of the things you, you mentioned in your message is just this phrase, grace is a life-giving, rest-inducing gift. What do you mean by that, and and in what ways does grace bring us to that place? Yeah, I'll start with the rest-inducing, because this is so core to our theology and understanding what we have in Jesus. And what Jesus says is, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And the rest that he's talking about is like the rest for a striving 
soul, a soul that's striving to justify itself and to prove itself through its works that it's worthy of the love of God. And Jesus says, you've got a flawed theology on what it looks like to be reconciled to the Father. You're not going to be able to do this for yourself. I have to do this for you. And then I'm just going to give you this gift of my righteous record. And that's going to be what makes you acceptable. Not your works, but my work. Not your life, but my life. Not your death, but my death. And ultimately what he's saying is like that should produce rest in you. And the striving stops, the self-justification stops, and the desires for self-righteousness stops. And when you get in that space that you just relax in the finished work of Jesus, man, that brings rest to our hearts, right? That, that takes all that weariness, all that striving, all that desire to prove ourselves, and it eliminates it in a way that we then just stop and enjoy the love of God and the grace that we find in Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. So, man, that's what it looks like to have soul rest. That's what it looks like to have peace with God. And when you have that kind of rest, that kind of peace with God, that produce, that's life-giving, you know? And then you realize you're operating from a place of freedom. Uh, you're operating from that place of humility and gratitude, and that's moving you into this space where you're experiencing the abundance of life that Jesus promised. Hmm. That's good. Well, <clears throat> as we kind of turn the corner then, here's our example from Jesus of, of the type of grace we've received, what it means for us, and now let's be givers of it. Taking that directly to a marriage relationship, uh, I just want to start talking about that. And one of the questions I have, we talked a little bit about expectations, right? This week's about expectations. We talked about, man, getting our hopes up for this thing and maybe a package that doesn't quite meet expectations comes in the mail or this or that. The food isn't what you expect. But even in regards to marriage, I think everybody, like you said, comes in with expectations of what they think it may be like or what it's going to be. And then sometimes they're unmet. I just want to know from you guys and and more silly than anything, like what were some expectations maybe you had about marriage or connecting your life to someone that, you know, you're like, Oh, I wasn't really prepared for that. Or that's not what really what I had in my mind on my Pinterest board. I mean, if (laughs) you're listening with the kids, you may want to mute or pause, (laughs) put in your earpods. But yeah, man, I had expectations. Like Ashley had a dated forever. And, uh, and I really, like I was telling Joseph this this week, I remember thinking like, will we ever be able to just, you know, take our hands off of each other? Like, <laughs> will, will, will we ever really actually be able to lay down in the same bed and sleep? And, uh, band, man, we, we, we are very able. Uh, very able. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's honest. Yeah, when we were, so Jeff's been married before, and when we were dating, I would say, how do people ever get anything done? And he was like, they do. They do. They do. <laughs> My expectation, I think, was, and and he knows this, and he's he, he's good for me to share this, but it's Jeff specific. So Jeff is very, very organized. He's very, very disciplined. He's very routinized. Um, routinized. 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 I don't know if that's the word, <laughs> but he loves routine, and um, you know he takes care of things like. When a bill comes, he pays it. Like, it's the craziest thing to me. Like, he just does it immediately. And so, I kind of thought that that would bleed over into other things like (laughs) bathroom cleaning. (laughs) Like, like kitchen cleaning and stuff like like that. He gets off the toilet and immediately starts scrubbing. (laughs) The bill came. I got to pay it. Whiskers everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And it turns out, like, we both don't care about some of the same things. (laughs) (laughs) But the bills are paid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, 
I'm, I'm trying to think. I think when, when Emily and I met and it was pretty soon we were like, oh, we're going to get married. This is this, you know, this is the direction we're going. Just, we were so young, you know, and had no kids Our lot. You know what I mean? Like just we're little babies and just thinking, man, we just have to alignment, like on we agreement on so many things, mm-hmm. you know, like life's going to be easy. <laughs> like, yeah. Then, then, you know, we'll move and start over and go to a new place and jobs and, just like, oh, that'll all be a breeze. And then kids. <laughs> and then it's just, you know, I think that was an expectation. It's like, yeah, life's harder. Well, and you know, like our, our deep hope with this message series is that it's not just for marrieds, but it is equally for unmarrieds and pre-marrieds and even for people who don't have any desire to ever be marrieds, right? Um, and, and I think that's part of the conversation that I want unmarrieds and, and pre-marrieds and people that do desire to get married to hear. It's like, I want to paint in this picture a glorious view of marriage that's based on the truth, uh, but also a very like honest and realistic view. And, uh, and I think it's so easy to go in with rose colored glasses. And I don't think that's what it looks like to prepare people mm-hmm. uh, to live in the gift of marriage. Mm. Uh, if I would ask Emily, <laughs> the, I just think about like Emily when I know when she was younger, you know, did the exercise of like, write everything you want, you know, in, in a husband and pray that God would meet those expectations. And the, they're all values based and, and character. But I just think, man, I guarantee you nowhere in there was it like, man, I, I just one day want a husband that snores so loud. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think I'm like that 297 scoop. <laughs> in what way? Yeah, in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not. Uh, I'm not tall and narrow. <laughs> well, well, talking about this idea of you know maybe we got into marriage and we had expectations and uh, then reality hit and, and all these things and working through them. I'm just kind of curious too. Uh, do you have any examples of you've witnessed of a grace based marriage and kind of what we're talking about of people who are actively giving the types of grace that, that we are receiving in Jesus? Man, I do. I've been privileged to to grow up with that. Mm. Uh, that describes my parents, and uh, they're funny, man. They uh, man, they, they just love each other so well and always have. Um, but they, they, I mean, Michelle's witness for herself, like they, they can, they, they can fight hard. They can play hard, you know, but then they love hard and they're all, they're quick forgivers that they make up, uh, you know, and they just, they just love each other well. And like, I think they're very different individuals too. like talk about expectations and differences and opinions and like, they're just wired so differently. Um, but man, they, they love each other in their differences, not just in spite of their differences. Yeah. And uh, I, I just, I really do think I've, I've had the privilege of my whole life watching them uh, extend grace to one another. Hmm. I'm thinking about, and I don't want to, um, you know, sp- you know, don't want to <laughs> spoil anything that's coming up. But like, I think about some of the couples that I think are going to be on the love seat. Well, it's not a spoil; that's a tease. <laughs> well, I don't want to tell their story. Oh, okay, is what I'm explain saying. what the love seats are. Um. So at the end of. I think most of the time it'll be at the end of the service after the message. Joseph is going to have a couple or two on a love seat or two, and he's going to interview them and ask them to share from their lives um, how they've seen what the message was about 
uh, play out personally. And so that's what I'm thinking about. I'm just thinking about the stories I know of some of the people who I think are going to be on those love seats. And um, I don't, you know, just like I know because I know their stories that there have been times of what anybody would call hopeless, you mm-hmm. know, like it seems like all is lost. It seems like there's no possible way healing can happen and we be able to trust each other again and have enough, have enough grace to make this keep working. And because of God, that does happen. Healing does happen. And there, there is enough grace because God doesn't run out of grace. Hmm. I'm excited for it too. I think it'll be good. Well, kind of my last thought is just this, you know, talking about expectations and giving grace when, when needed, uh, just do you currently, or maybe in this season, have anything in, in your marriage, big or small, that maybe you don't have alignment on? And what do you do in moments like that where, you know, you don't have alignment on something big or small? How do you give grace in those moments? I think this this is a season for us and and it's it's interesting to think back on like uh we've we've lived through multiple seasons so the first season of our marriage I was a seminary student Ashley was working full time we had no kids that looked like a certain way the next season of our life Ashley stayed home with our kids initially eventually three kids for for 12 years and so life looked like a, a certain you know Kind of, it was. It had certain building blocks. So this is what it looked like. Well, we're four years into this next season of Ashley being back at work full time, and she has a extraordinarily demanding job. You know, she's she's leading and teaching and loving twenty uh, plus eight year olds all day long. And, uh, one of whom is my daughter. Who's, one of whom is yours. Who's got lots, <laughs> <laughs> lots of love. <laughs> lots of love. Yeah. And so uh, that was a huge transition for us from uh, Ashley's sole focus being our home, our marriage, our kids, and that being her her work in a sense. Uh, I mean, she's no less focused. She's no less like her priorities are still in order. But now she also has this other ministry, this other work uh, that demands so much of her. So man, that was a huge adjustment for us and and I think it just took us you know we're four years in and and I, I think it, it took us a while to find our new norms in this in this new reality um, but yeah that that just massive season change for us uh, I think took all of our rhythms and dropped a bomb on them you know mm-hmm. and and we we, we kind of um, What's the word I'm looking for? We we kind of slowly moved into that. She like did some part time work at the last very last of that season where she was home, uh, but it still felt like a really dynamic change. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me think. Something that maybe we don't have alignment on. I would say our affection and love for this podcast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. oh well, Joseph. Emily is a first grade teacher. She has 27-year-olds. She's tired, Joseph. Just 20, oh, 27-year-olds. Yeah, she's too tired to listen to us yeah, for 25 she hears, minutes. she hears me enough. She just listens for Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone else. Uh, you know, I think, <clears throat> I think I like this question because I think it makes me go back and think through just the seasons of our eight and a half, nine years of marriage and thinking about 
man, sometimes we were pretty far aligned uh, in, in being aligned on some things. In some seasons, it was really good and sweet. And I feel like we're in a good season of on the big things having alignment. And so I think that's why my hope with this question is like just thinking through the big and the small, because it's like, man, every day, though, <laughs> there are plenty of things that it's like <clears throat> we're not. Hmm. And I think I think you're the conversations we've already had about givers of grace and the idea of grace-based marriage and laying our expectations down. Like those are, those are good conversations to have on the big building blocks of your marriage. But also I think in the everyday, like, uh, no, I think we should do this or, uh, can, can, you know, like, I I think this is priority or I need help with Mm -hmm. whatever. Well, and and like you said too, on that priority, like, I think we need an expectations filter, and mm-hmm. there are things that are right and wrong. And and when it comes down to right and wrong, sin or or obedience, it's like yeah, we need to hold the line on that expectation. Mm-hmm. But then we need to run the other things through the filter and go: Is this a matter of right and wrong, or is this just a difference of opinion? Is this just a preference? Is this just my hope and our my dream? You know, mm-hmm. uh, and really running things through that filter and that helping you decide like what's the line we hold and what's the deal where we have room for grace. Mm-hmm. So, I don't have a specific example right now of where Jeff and I have misalignment, but when I think about what has been the biggest struggle for me in our not even quite yet five years of marriage, I said it a minute ago, is that Jeff has been married before. To be honest, like that has been a really difficult thing for me. And so just to kind of peel back a layer and let you see into Michelle's insecurities, like there's a lot of insecurity around that. So when I think about expectations, it's not that I didn't come in with my own expectations, but my biggest struggle has been the fear of not meeting his expectations. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like just just the fact that he's even had a wife before cuz I I definitely can lean insecure anyway about a lot of things, the way I look being at the top of that list. And so, just the fact that Jeff had had a wife before brought all of these insecurities that are deep-seated and some that I didn't know I had up to the surface because of this fear of not being able to meet expectations I thought he might have. Yeah, that's so good. I appreciate you sharing that so honestly. And and we're going to get to that a little bit next week. And the reality is, man, when we go to that altar and we say, I do, we're saying, I do to all all of the best and all of the worst of each of us. Mm-hmm. And so when we step on that altar and we say those vows, I mean, I'm saying I do to all of Ashley's insecurities. Yeah. And so uh, they become... Whether you're the one who caused them or not. <laughs> whether I'm the one who caused them or not, they're mine now. Yep. And so the the reality is recognizing like this is mine to nurture yes. in her. And that's what I know is true of Jeff. Jeff is so genu- genuine and nurturing and he helps nurture those insecurities. But that's the goal, man. And that's the deal. Like It's like, this is where grace is applied to that. It's like, I've got to give her grace and, 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 and genuinely desire to nurture these insecurities and she's got to give me grace and remembering I didn't create these insecurities. Yep. And there's plenty that I have created, right? But there's big ones that I didn't. And honestly, Randy, I can remember you sitting in my office and saying exactly that to me because Jeff got really hurt in his marriage The at the end of it, the way it ended and that, that actually caused some... <clears throat> pretty long-lasting effects and some mental health effects and things like that. And I can remember you saying, you know, you're not the one who caused those hurts, but 
now it is your job to nurture them. And he's not the one who caused your insecurities, but it's his job now to nurture them. Yeah. And that takes a ton of grace because we're not always going to get it right. Right. Hmm. Well, I appreciate the honesty. And I think it's uh, it's a helpful conversation. I'm excited about the next few weeks as well. Last thought, do you have anything you would like to say to the people in the other categories that you mentioned earlier? The pre-marries, the I'm not even interested in marriage, you know, what or the just the whoever it may be. I think for the the unmarrieds that desire to be married, what I want them to hear more than anything from this talk is like this is not a software update. This is an operating system. And if you can build a future marriage on this operating system of grace, man, you will you will reap the benefits for a lifetime. And so just really, like, I, I think you just start with falling in love with Jesus and letting him shape your character and then find somebody who's in that same space. Like, don't settle for somebody who doesn't love Jesus enough to be this kind of giver and receiver of grace and just elevate that as, as your highest and best priority in terms of what you're looking for. And then I think for the people who are the, I, I never desired to be married or never desired to be married against, uh, my hope for them is that that just these truths about the love of God minister to them, and then you know maybe God gives them a ministry to friends around them who are married, where they can speak these truths into their life. Hmm. All right. Well, shout out to our spouses. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone listening is like seriously, seriously. She done stuck that yeah. with that two ninety seven scoop for the rest of her life. <laughs> Like, that thing looks like it was 3D printed on somebody else's printer. <laughs> but in your example, it was like perfect. It was exactly what you did. Yeah. Well, Surprisingly. Isn't that marriage? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, and we hope you'll listen next week. See you then.